The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Liz Gold and Jody Padar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here are your hosts, Jody and Liz. Hey, Liz, are you ready? Oh, Jody, I am so ready. Let's do this. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm excited today because our guest today is going to talk to us about building a small business team and leadership. And um, I think that's a tough subject. It, it really is a tough subject because, you know, a lot of people don't know how to do it or people, you know, people. <laughs> <laughs> people is a, people are a tough subject, I think, in general. But yeah, building a team, especially when you're a small business and you have minimal resources, how do you do it? And how do you step into leadership? You know, I, I'm excited to talk about this because I, I feel like we can't talk about it enough. Well, right. And I think it's pretty cool that we do actually have an expert here today. And our, our guest today is Stefan Serdek, and he is in uh, a much-demanded leadership development coach and corporate trainer. Um, his work has a strong business impact, and he's been helping reshape business cultures. And everybody talks about culture, but nobody really knows what it is. Um, he's <laughs> trying to help guide them into becoming more collaborative and efficient. And he's the founder of Pixis Cultures, which is a consulting and training company. And he's talking to us all the way from Montreal, Canada. So we're we're crossing the um, the world here today. So, <laughs> so without further ado, thanks for joining us, Stefan. <laughs> Welcome hey, to the thank show. Thank you for having me. Thanks so, for having Ste- me. I, I appreciate it. So, Stefan, for people that may not know you and your work, why don't you, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, who are you working with? How did you get into this thing called consulting? And and why is it that you're you're really interested in leadership and teams? Well, I started, you know, I actually came from a technical background, interestingly enough. I used to do software development way back when. And eventually, I kind of became the big brother on the teams that I was working with. And I started becoming the person that was kind of advising others, uh, helping people communicate better, creating alignment on teams. And all of a sudden, I came into a role where uh, people couldn't quite describe my work anymore. Uh, I remember one of my managers at the time said, "What, what do you do exactly? And when <laughs> I explained, he said, oh, you're the big brother. That's who you are. Oh. So... So from there, I kind of realized I had people skills more than I would have expected for a technical person. And um, eventually, I kind of found my way into coaching, which is what I do uh, with my business uh, at Pixis Cultures. We do coaching inside organizations. So we do leadership coaching. We uh, do continuous improvement type of coaching as well. And uh, we do training courses as well. So uh, basically, a lot of what I like to talk about and write about is authentic leadership. How can you be a vulnerable leader in the workplace? Uh, how can you create the right conversations as a leader? Because I find that conversations is the one big missing thing in organizations right now. There's so many we don't have that we should have. So as I said, I almost found my way in there by accident, Uh, but I've been doing consulting work for the last six years now, and I've been doing a lot of corporate training as well, and it's been very exciting and and lots of fun to see different environments. So so take us back a little, because I I have a ton of questions for you, but take us back to, you know, when you sort of were discovering your big brother role. I mean, you know, how did you sort of... 
you, did it just sort of happen naturally or did you find like gaps that you wanted to address, like issues that you wanted to solve? I mean, you talked a little bit about that, but like, can you, can you give us an example of how that actually played out? So often I've always helped people communicate. So the way it started, I used to work with software development teams in Montreal that spoke more French than English, working mm-hmm. with remote teams in the U.S. that spoke more English. And then, you know, people had trouble bridging that communication gap sometimes and not taking some things personally that were said one way or the other. And in the corporate world, how do you say things in a, in a diplomatic way or how do you gently twist someone's arm? You know, all, all that type of stuff is stuff that kind of where I started. And I worked in a large corporate company after where I was working with a team that at the same time There were people in Toronto, in North Carolina, in Austin, Texas, in Mumbai, in India, and another place in India. And it's like, how do you get all those people to communicate together? So as a big brother, one of the things concretely I did is I used to have one-on-ones with the manager in India, for example, with one of the managers in India, um, and I wasn't his boss, but it was useful to him when I helped him make sense of what go what was going on, and I could kind of speak on the Indian team's behalf with my colleagues in the United States and kind of help build a bridge mm-hmm. between the two sides. So that's kind of how the Big Brother thing came to light. Yeah, that's a valuable role. I love I love the term Big Brother because it definitely you know it conjures up sort of an image, and you you know what that means, you know. Um, without taking on like a role of supervisor or manager, you know, one of those more formal roles, big brother is like, it's, it, that's great. That's cool. So, so I want to talk about, you know, where you are in the, in the consulting that you do. And you talked about the vulnerable leader, which I think, um, it, that's really interesting. And, and how do you, how do you divine a vulnerable leader? How do you design? You, you kind of don't... Or define, I'm sorry, define. Define, yeah. okay. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I find that, for me, a vulnerable leader is a leader that can say, I don't know. Yeah. Is a leader that can say, I made a bad decision here. Let's start over. It's, it's all my fault. It was my wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I find the vulnerable leader also has empathy towards people and is able to kind of listen for, for their perspectives and, and not carry his truth as the truth, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So those are right. some of the ways I'll define a vulnerable leader. And, and do you feel like leaders are doing a good job of that? I mean, maybe showing their vulnerable side, you know, because a lot of thing, a lot of people, you know, think about vulnerability and it's like, oh, you know, they're scared to be small. They're scared to like look weak. You know, those are the misconceptions, right? But, you know, obviously if you read Brene Brown, she talks a lot about vulnerability and how there's so much strength in that. I mean, our leaders, you know, more leaders, today's leaders are able to sort of embrace that part of themselves and express it to their team? I think there's a generation of, of leaders that is more capable yeah. of it. Uh, I think there's a generation of, of leaders that still struggles a lot with it. And I think that sometimes what happens inside organizations is that you have kind of this perpetual cycle that goes on where, you know, boss number, there, there's a boss that learns something from his boss who learns something from his boss. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's kind of, People learn to lead out of osmosis sometimes, Mm -hmm. and often in technical companies, you know, people are promoted to leadership roles without necessarily having, you know, leadership skills to go along with it. So people are just doing the best they can. No one is doing this on purpose. But it it takes, you know, it takes courage to be able to, to see it too and to recognize some of those limitations when you hit them. And so what kind of what kind of success have you seen on teams when a leader is able to 
say, hey, I'm wrong. I made a bad decision here. Let's pivot this. Or, you know, I, I want to hear your everybody's perspective because my perspective is not the truth. Like, you know, what what kind of success stories have you seen when that takes place? Well, I've seen a lot of better communication open up. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. of one leader in particular uh, I remember an experiment that, that we had done together with his team where he had given his team kind of a mandate of something to execute on, and his team said, well, uh, no, we're not going to take that without you because you're just going to override us, right? So mm-hmm. what ended up happening, which was interesting, was that you know we literally called it an experiment, and we said, look, let's try this just for fun. And what we're going to try to learn here is are you able to take basic guidance from your boss, do something with it, customize it any way you see fit, that'll be your side, and the other side is we're going to test how he's going to react. And is he going to accept that, or is he going to have a strong reaction? Mm -hmm. And the funny place in the story is that there was a point where the manager kind of looked at this stuff and got upset and said, well, I wouldn't have done it that way, and what's going on, and... And, you know, what was interesting was that everyone had this awkward moment of, "Uh uh-oh, it it happened, right? And ironically enough, uh, when I came in uh, a few days after, everyone came to tell me about that day. And when I went to talk with the boss, I said, so how was your week? And I didn't even jump into, you know, what I had been made aware of, and we were just talking about it. And eventually he got on the topic of that experiment. And he said, well, you know, this went bad. I felt bad for doing this. And, you know, I'm, I was kind of upset. And I, wouldn't, I did not want to act that way. But it was kind of my instinct, right? Mm-hmm. And, and what ended up happening is through the conversation, and because we called it an experiment, we were able to say, well, look, what was the experiment? You were trying this? Right. Okay, cool. Now you failed. Cool. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, how can we talk about this in a healthy way? Mm-hmm. And the conclusion, to go with what you're saying, was that in the end, it's that boss that apologized to his team for what had happened and then actually mm-hmm. helped recreate some trust mm-hmm. for him to be able to say, I messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that seems huge. I mean, and that seems like, you know, kudos to that boss for putting himself out there like that and kudos for the team to be, you know, willing to be part of that experience and being being honest that, hey, you know, we're going to we're going to tell you our opinion, but you know, you're going to do what you want anyways. So, I mean, I think mm-hmm. that just brings a lot of awareness to the situation. So that that's great. Um we're going to take we have to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk to we're going to continue talking to Stefan about um, leadership and teams so stay tuned When it comes to business you'll find the experts here Voice America Business Network Advance and evolve Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. 
It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Padar. And our guest today is Stefan Serdak. He is a business consultant and leadership coach for companies. And so, Stefan, um, we were talking about vulnerability in the last segment, but I wanted to follow up on something else you said, which was, you know, there are a lot of conversations happening in the workplace or in offices that are not, you know, that are not happening. There's a lot of conversations that should be happening that are not happening. And I wanted to just sort of hone in on that and ask you what those conversations are. You know, what are the conversations that need to be happening that people are not talking about? So, first of all, I have a term for this. I like to refer to this as conversational debt. Mm, (laughs) I like that. You know, conversational debt, I find, is everything that you should be talking about that you're not talking about. Mm-hmm. So if I had to give you concrete examples, uh, think about behavioral issues on your team and what happens when you're tolerating some behavioral issues on your team. What does it say uh, about the conversations you're having? What if everyone wants you to have that conversation? And what if not having the conversation is what is allowing that behavior to actually continue? But what so, if you look I, at it from the other side and you say, okay, pick your battles? That, that's easy, though. I find that we have a bit too much of that. Conversational debt, I find, happens because people don't know how to have some of these conversations. They're awkward. They're kind of uncomfortable. And, you know, we don't, we don't learn this in school. We don't learn communication skills like this in school. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, if you look inside a team, what will happen is, let's say I want to tell Jody that Jody isn't doing her work properly. Who am I? She has a boss. Who am I as a colleague to tell Jody that she's not doing her work well? So there's kind of this unwritten, am I legitimate? Do I have permission? Can mm-hmm. I talk about this? There's some of that that creates the conversational debt, too. And... The other thing that creates the conversational debt is just the the discomfort. Um, you know, I, I keep thinking back to the movie A League of Their Own back a long mm-hmm. time ago. I'm kind of dating myself now. Love that and movie. And I remember my favorite part of that movie is at one point when uh, Tom Hanks, the coach, gets discouraged because one of the baseball players is crying in the locker room. And he looks at her and he says, well, there's no crying in baseball. (laughs) Right. Well, there's no emotions in business. We can't talk about this. Right. Right. And don't you think it makes it even worse, like, that there's virtual environments as well? Because, um, like, there's that distance there that I think makes it even harder, adds another level to it. Yes. Oh, yes. And then you get into, like I said, we're not able to talk about this because, Maybe I'm not even able to talk about this to my spouse. Imagine a colleague. Mm. I like, but I like your example that you know that you'd said about um, sort of the peer to peer, the colleague to colleague. Like that person's not doing their work. What do I do? You know, because I don't, I don't necessarily think we talk about that piece. I mean, we always hear about okay, a boss is not happy with their employee, or the employee's you know freaking out about their boss or whatever, but. It's sort of like the lateral relationships. How do you talk to each other? I mean, how do, how, so say like, you know, you need to tell somebody or you want to tell somebody who's sort of on the same level as you that they're not pulling their weight or they're not, the way they're doing their job is affecting the way you're doing your job. You know, how do you talk to them about that without like 
putting somebody on the defensive or alienating them or, you know, whatever else, <laughs> you know, how do you talk about <laughs> Yeah. So that goes back to the part you were saying, you were speaking about earlier, working with people, as soon yeah. as you're putting humans into the mix, <laughs> uh, you can try to be in as much control as you can be, but you can't control the other person. Uh, right. The best you can do is kind of be mindful of your intentions. If I can give you one tool I like to use with teams, um, yes. I like to create with teams I start to work with something called a working agreement. Mm-hmm. And the way that I explain the working agreement is that we list out all the things that we agree uh, are kind of set, a set of guidelines around behaviors uh, or expectations from one another. And implicitly, by building that working agreement, what we're actually saying is these are the things that it's okay for us to talk about between one another. Hmm. Right. Interesting. And how does that, does that happen sort of at a group level with every, but like the whole team there and you all sort of decide? Yeah. Okay. No, the boss writes yes, it all out, right? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> and, so, and, so, and, you know, so, sometimes the challenge after that is who enforces that because it takes courage to right. say, Jody, right. you're on your cell phone again? Right. Right? In, in the meeting, we said we wouldn't do that. So it still requires a dose of right. courage to actually step yeah. up and, and follow through. But that's kind of what we try to do as, as part of our work. We try to create environments where it's safe for people to speak to one another, where, where people can actually, you know, creating that sense of safety where people can say what's not going right so that they're able to make it right. I think if you have that in a culture, that's amazing. Because I, I don't, I I mean, I'm just curious to, to know, like, if that is actually possible because I feel like people work at various levels. They relate to things differently. There's, you know, there's yeah. different degrees of, how somebody is going to like agree to something, <laughs> you know, and play it out. Yeah. And I think, um, I, so, you know, and other people have more sort of, are more rule abiding or I don't, you know, not to say yeah. rules, but like, you know what I'm saying? Who, who yeah. are more kind of like conscientious like that. So I think that that could be, I, if everybody's on the same page and there is like sort of a cohesive net of safety, I think that's amazing. And but then what happens that? I was going to say, then what happens if they break the rules? Then everybody understands it and they get kicked out? Or, I mean, what's the follow through? Because if you have this working agreement and then you don't follow up, I think you're worse than exactly. not having an agreement. So that's, that's the challenge, right? And what I see, I completely agree with what you just stated. And what I see sometimes in teams, like the funniest working agreement I ever saw and I'll, I'll share it with you guys. There was someone in the team that I, I was kind of observing at, at the time and working with at the time. There was this one person who had the habit of falling asleep in the team meetings. He'd literally <laughs> fall asleep on the desk. Wow, and, I love that. That's amazing. Sorry. I know it's not, it's not the, but I, I, like, I like when people do kind of weird things <laughs> in, in meetings. So anyway, side note, go on. <laughs> <laughs> I understand what you mean. It was kind of quirky. <laughs> But, the, you know, the funny thing is, what do you think the first team uh, working agreement was? The first thing on the list, no sleeping in meetings. Yeah, right. Right? And it's like, it's, it's funny because, you know, to go with what you guys were saying, it really depends on the maturity level of the people. People are at different maturity levels themselves. Some people can talk mm-hmm. about some stuff. Some people can't. Mm-hmm. Some people are more introverts. Others are more extroverts. Some people don't worry about their impact at all, don't care about their impact. Others worry about it very much. So, again, we're, mm-hmm. we're all humans, right? And when you throw that humanity into the equation, it, it becomes more about what's the common intent, what's the shared mission. And, you know, our working agreement is in, in service to that. And that's why we're here together. When we lose track of why we're together, it's, it's not good in teams. I, yeah. Can give you one example. I used to play hockey with friends on, on Friday nights. And being a coach, a team coach, I, I have a funny perspective on these things. So as I was playing with my friends, I realized, you know, we're playing every Sunday night. We have the red team and we have the black team, and that's just the color of our jerseys. And, but what, what's, what makes us a team? Because we change players every once in a while. 
We don't practice between, between our Friday night games, but we still call ourselves a team. And inside companies, it's the same thing. We put a team together. We say, hey, it's the Let's Get Radical podcast team. But what mm-hmm. does that team want to be when it grows up? That's hmm. one of the missing conversations. Hmm. Huh. So, what, you know, how, does, how do you want the team to evolve? You, you sort of don't. You can have a team that's just sort of doing it because that's what they do, but it's sort of like, the, are you saying, like, what is the, how do you want to or, grow? Like, how do you want to move forward? How do you want well, to evolve? What does the team want to do? How does the team yeah. want to evolve? Like, you yeah. know, when you think about it, there's like three kinds of purpose. That, that you can consider, there's, there's this thing that you can call an extrinsic purpose. So, for example, what's the purpose of a car? Well, it's to make me a happy driver. And mm-hmm. then there's this intrinsic purpose. And the intrinsic purpose is, is like something we cannot not do. So, as humans, you know, our intrinsic purpose is to, is to survive and reproduce. So, we breathe. Without even wanting to, we breathe. Mm-hmm. But the one piece that we forget is there's also this wonderful thing called an emergent purpose. And, you know, I'll take a kid as an example of that. You know, you can even apply these three purposes to a child and you can say, okay, so what's the extrinsic purpose of a child? Well, if we have a child, we'll be happy parents. Okay, cool. And what's the intrinsic purpose? Well, survive and reproduce. It fits in there, too. Okay, and what's the emergent purpose? Well, that, that's the beautiful part. You don't know. Is your child going to be a nurse? Is your child going to be a policeman? Is your person, what, what is this child going to become? And inside organizations, it's about helping teams discover that. What is it that you want to be together in six months? Uh-huh. What's a gotcha. good day in the office? Yeah. Well, and I think you have different... Um, people who have different intentions, right? I mean, I mean, you don't want to think that people don't want to be on a winning team, but there are people who really don't care. They just want to be on a team. It, their team doesn't necessarily have to win. Or they want to get a are, paycheck. <laughs> right. They're not really that concerned yeah. about what the goals get done or not, you know? Like, right. they just yeah. need to pay their bills. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is really interesting. I, we, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're, we're going to continue talking about this and also talking about some of the challenges you're seeing your clients face. So stay tuned. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening. 
listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Jody Paydar, and I'm here with Liz Gold, and you are listening to Let's Get Radical. And um, I have to give a big old shout out to Intuit as a big thank you for sponsoring our show today. And we've been talking to Stefan Serdek, who is um, the owner of Pixis Cultures, and it's a consulting company that does leadership and um, culture building, I would say. And this has just been an awesome conversation so far, learning about kind of how teams work and um, how you can get your teammates to work better together. But when we were on the break, Stefan was asking or was telling us about his own team and some of the challenges that he's been facing there. So, Stefan, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you recently experienced? Yeah, so I'm going to tell the story a slightly different way first, just to give you guys a sense of, you know, I, I encourage my clients to learn by doing. So a lot of how uh, my business has been built over the last two years has been in the mode of learning by doing, very experimental, not always knowing where I'm going exactly. And um, so after during the first year, I didn't hire anyone because I was kind of afraid and I wasn't sure uh, if, if I wanted to go down that path or how to go down that path. And um, after the, that first year, because uh, we were kind of incubated as as part of another company, uh, what I, I started saying, well, no, what if we played for real now? So actually, I, I hired two people uh, last year, and I hired a third person earlier this year. And you know, sometimes it's it's a bit embarrassing because this is what we do, right? We're we're doing culture, and we're trying to build these collaborative teams. And one of my core beliefs is around building capacity in teams. And, you know, I've put a lot of work in us being able to have certain conversations together, difficult conversations together. And I worked a lot on the personal side of things. That maybe was intense at times for some people. We tried to keep it safe, but kind of eating our own dog food. Mm -hmm. And the other part of it was, you know, I've I've had a very crazy schedule uh, over the past, ever ever since February, even the start of the year. And because of that, I've been paying less attention to the culture on my team, and I've been paying less attention to the needs of some people on my team. And it's kind of, you know, we had a team meeting back in July, and we were talking about this, and one of the questions that came out was, so, but what is the impact of Steph's schedule on the team? And it's kind of the question had never occurred to me, and I never stopped to pay attention to it. And ever since, I've been paying closer attention to it, and I've been seeing the impact. I've been seeing the missing conversations on my team. I've been seeing some things I've been neglecting on my team. So it's kind of, you know, it's a bit ironic that when you think about it, we all have our challenges, right? And it's just interesting how you try to bring this to clients and then, you know, for me, my company is, is my school, too. It's, it's where I practice. It's where I try to practice authentic leadership. It's, try, it's where I try to practice a leadership style where I share leadership with people on the team. But, you know, when you think about it, people can always come back and say, but, you know, it's your business. Why should I? How, how could I be contributing? You should be leading. So sometimes it's, it's this dance that's a challenge, and it's a challenge for me to find my place in there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've been working hard on, on trying to address some of that. But just to say, the same challenges that I see at my clients, I have some in my world, too. Well, mm-hmm. and I think, too, when you're in a small business, at the end of the day, you have to do client work to keep your doors open. So as much as you yeah. want to work inside your company, right, you still have to serve your customers. And so yeah. where's the happy medium? And, and I think that's hard for small businesses when you're only three or four people because, you know, that's the world I live in, right? And as much yeah. as you want to grow, like fix everything inside, 
um, your customers are paying the bills. So like that's where your focus has to be at a certain point. So so I get at a, it. At a certain point. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think that you're, you know, the fact that you're sharing your story and you're, you're being, you're sharing your struggle and you're saying, you know, your business is your school and you're learning and you're, you know, you have growing pains. You know, I, I think that is, you know, it's, it's great to hear. I mean, that, that is walking the talk, right? Because, you know, you, you want to teach people how to create a collaborative, you know, awesome culture that includes people's, you know, all of people, not just like what they're outputting for the company, but who they are as human beings, right? So I think that the fact that you're able to talk about your struggles and talk about your challenges and your, you know, um, and how everything is not just black and white, easy, you know, hard, that it's a lot of gray. I think that that really supports your claim of trying of helping people become authentic leaders. And, and I guess I, my question for you is, and I don't know if we actually defined it, but you know, cause I feel like people have different ideas of what authenticity is, but what do you feel like is an authentic leader? How would you define that? For me, it's similar to the vulnerable leader. And yeah. it's about, for me, it's also about, you know, being able to, to, to speak your truth. And I do this weird dance sometimes when, when I talk. It's very easy for me to get emotional sometimes. And mm-hmm. sometimes I'll have my little meltdowns as I'm trying to explain stuff to people on my team. And it's like, okay, suck it up, keep going. You know, and it, it takes, it's hard. And how can I say this? It's, it's sometimes as leaders, you know, uh, it's as if we feel that we need to to, to, to carry this big shield and, and protect ourselves and protect the team mm-hmm. and have all the answers. But the, the truth is, the best we can do is what we know mm-hmm. and what we're able to do. And it's a, to me, it's about how do you try to leverage the, the, the strengths and the knowledge of the people around you, too. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what makes it more difficult in our world, too, is this isn't a regular business where we're all in the same office. And, you know, we're, we can putz around together and we can learn together and do some stuff together. Being together is tough for us because often we're all at clients. So ideally, we're at the same client, and it does happen sometimes. But sometimes it's easy to get more of an attachment to the client than to the team because they're the ones you see every day. Mm, right. So you, you kind of need that, you know, in the consulting world, you kind of need that true north. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's hard. I've, I've seen it over the past five years working in, you know, with, with the, the consulting company that, that I was working with before. It's very, very hard to build that attachment to the company. Hmm. So let's let's talk about your clients for a bit because um, you know for people that may not know you and your company, who what kind of clients do you work with? You know, what's your sweet spot? Actually, my I tend to choose my clients uh, very mm-hmm. much. Uh, I I work with some big corporations, uh, like some departments and some big corporations. But for me, it depends mm-hmm. very much on the leader. Uh, and the charisma of the leader and what, what potential do I see in this leader and in their team? Do they have this, you know, sometimes there's leaders that are interested in being authentic leaders, but they kind of don't know how. They don't know what it means, but they're really, really engaged and you can put them in all sorts of awkward situations and mm-hmm. they're ready to do that work on themselves mm-hmm. and, right. you know, that work and that investment on their teams. Those are the kind of clients that, that I, I, I really like to work with as, as a company because with them, you know, um, part of my why in life is, is making a difference and, and having an impact at my clients. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I can't bill just to bill. I really like clients that they're looking for culture change. They're looking for how do I make my organization better. They're looking for, you know, I have my management team here. How do we turn this into a better, more tightly knit management team? How do we manage our impacts? People that are willing to do that work are the, the, my core clients, as, as odd as it may sound. 
Do you think that more um, sea level people are open to being challenged in this way from organizational behavior than in the past? Or do you think it's kind of the same? I think it really depends on the person. Because, you know, I've seen different generations at play inside mm-hmm. leadership roles. And I've seen young leaders in their 30s, 40s that are in the C-suite. And, you know, for them, it's just part of the game. It's part of how they were brought up. It's part of their values. And they're hungry for that. They, they really, really want that. And you have others for who it's just more challenging. It's not that they don't want to. It's that they don't know how to not be what they are or what they have been for the last 15, 30 years. Um, to give you another quick example, I remember a leader that I worked with a few years ago, and the leader was uh, in his 50s, and he was telling me, Steph, you'll, you'll never change me. You know, you, I'm, I'm, I'm past that time. You'll never change me. Wow. And the interesting thing is, you know, I, I, I mentioned to him at the time, I said, you know, I'm, I'm not really trying to change you. Um, you're resisting nothing, <laughs> essentially, because I'm not really trying anything. But, you know, we found a way, we found a place where getting this person reconnected with their child kind of opened up the world to a whole bunch of other changes in their life. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. And I, I can speak to the person now, and I've seen the journey of this person. And, yeah, it, it's really impressive. Yeah, like creating space in one area of their lives opened up space in, in another. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to um, continue our conversation with Stefan Surdek. So stay tuned. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network are you a small business ready to work remotely with a cpa who is passionate and radical new vision cpa group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and you're, we're here with Jody Padar, and our guest today is Stefan Surdick. And we, it's been an awesome show. We're learning so much. I mean, I love talking about all of this leadership uh, stuff. So, Ste- Stefan, tell us, when you work with clients, what would you say the top three challenges uh, are that they're having today? I'd say the biggest challenge that they're having is their existing culture. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes their existing culture is, is what's creating, kind of holds them back. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, in the type of work that we do, we try to help empower people. We try to help empower teams. And when you've been told for the last 15 years by your boss exactly what to do, when to do it, and potentially even when to breathe and take a bathroom break, um, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, yeah. when you're told make a decision, people go, oh, yeah, and what if I make the wrong one? Right, right. So, you know, culture and the impact of, of the existing culture on the people that are there when trying to lead change is, is the biggest road, roadblock. The second challenge that I see is leaders themselves that have trouble being what I refer to as co-creative leaders. So leaders mm-hmm. that are able to be a voice in the conversation, leaders that are able to hear perspectives around them and separate their perspectives from the perspective of the, from the perspectives of others. So it's not a, you know, I'm right, you're wrong. It's a, hmm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see how that's true in your world. It's a mm-hmm. very different approach. The third one is around employee engagement. Like, you know, one of the biggest statements I find around leadership is Gallup does this survey every year and 70% of the, the American workplace is disengaged. Over mm-hmm. 70%. That's sad. That, mm-hmm. that, that just, that's outrage for me. Because, you know, we hire people inside companies, and they start working for us, and, you know, people are excited, people are happy, people, uh, you know, they, they just want to contribute. And then we force them so much into this mold of compliance that it's kind of we snuff their light. And the mm-hmm. irony in all that is that, you know, inside companies, uh, getting a headcount, being able to actually hire someone is like asking for a bar of gold. It's very hard to get in a lot of companies sometimes. So why do we snuff the leadership of the people and why do we snuff the initiative of the people that have some and want to bring it? So those are three of the challenges I see. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I would imagine all of it is... Um Probably fixable if you want them to be fixed um, with some good consulting. <laughs> and, <laughs> but I want to I want to ask you before we end the show, you know, for because a lot of our our audience, our listeners, are small business owners, you know, or creative entrepreneurs, or you know, trying to get their thing out into the world. Maybe they have employees, maybe they don't. But you know, how how can people embrace sort of their own leadership? How can what are some tips? to step into your own leader of, you know, whatever you're doing, whether that's a team or you're just trying to be the best person you can be. Like, what would you, what's your advice for them? My advice for them is, is think about the kind of leader you want to be and mm-hmm. go out and be that leader. Because, you know, sometimes yeah. we prevent ourselves for all of our own stories that we tell ourselves that stop us and that block us. And I find that sometimes... We, we don't even know ourselves. Like, you know, it's akin to looking at a book and it says, leaders do this and that's what you do. Well, no. What kind of leader do you want to be? And one of the questions that I love asking people in my training courses, and I love uh, asking this question when I'm doing live talks, uh, would you uh, choose to follow yourself? <laughs> as, as a leader, Hello? would you choose to follow yourself? Wow. I think that's a really good question. And the answer can be yes, can be no. There's no shame in what the answer is. But if the answer is no, what are you going to do about it? Right. And and if you do you have people that are honest enough with themselves and say no, like I hate my own style, I want to completely change or do you think people can't be that honest or that authentic? I've, I've seen, like, you know, my favorite was doing this in front of a crowd of a few hundred people uh, in, in a conference last year, 
And it was just funny because you'd see half the, half the people were laughing, like, you know, this, this yellow false laugh of discomfort. And really, it's not about creating shame. And there are, we're, we're not bad people, essentially. No one wakes up and says one morning, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to be the most horrible leader I can be today. No one does that. I don't know anyone who does that. Right. So I, I do see leaders that react to the question with shame, but, and some are honest enough to say, you know, maybe I changed something, but it doesn't mean that you're a bad leader. It just means there's something that you need to work on and that you need to improve and make better. Well, the other thing that I think is, is that as a, as a leader, like sometimes you think um, you want to like fix it or whatever, and you're more hard on yourself than your team is actually on you. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. your perception of how yeah. hard you are or like your team accepts you more than you accept yourself. Yes. And, and sometimes, you know, when I talk about co-creative leaders, being a co-creative leader for me is, is about being able to make use of the intelligence around you. People know the solution. They just need to have the question thrown their way. And you need to be able to put trust that maybe you don't have the right solution. Maybe you have part of it. But the people actually doing the work, they know what's broken. They know how to fix it. They sometimes just don't believe it's possible. So how can you create space for them to be able to do it? Right. And to be able to have that conversation where everybody is okay with the conversation. Yeah, exactly. So, Stefan, this has been amazing. I I feel like we could talk to you for a lot longer than we have. But thank you very much for being here on the show today. We have to wrap up. Um, And but, Stefan, how can people get in touch with you if they're interested in learning more about your company, Pixis? So, so if you want to 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 know a little bit more, uh, right now I have most of the company information actually on on my leadership blog called called provokingleadership.com. There's a nice section on the site called Work With Us and talk all about Pixis Cultures and the type of stuff that we're able to do uh, to help our clients. Um, I also like to do speaking engagements too, so if ever you guys need someone to speak on leadership, it's something that's very easy and very fun for me to do. Uh, You can visit my personal website at stefanserdek.com. And if you just want to follow me on Twitter, my handle is S-S-U-R-D-E-K. Awesome. Awesome. This has been a great show. Thank you so much. If you have any comments or questions, you can always email them to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. We have a ton of archived shows, and I highly recommend you listen to them and learn all about the great guests we've had. And um, anything else, Jody? we need to share? Um, nope. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to Let's Get Radical. Please join Liz Gold and Jody Paydar again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, it's time for you to get radical. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.